You're listening to the Lit Review Podcast. We're your hosts, Paige May and Monica Trinidad. I think it's essential for people to learn together in order to be able to understand what we're up against. We must disrupt, we must disobey, we must agitate, we must escalate, we must break, we must create, we must abolish, we must transform. I remember it. She was shocked by my health. In sharing our ideas, we're stronger. Welcome to Chicago, this is home for most. This is the home of the wealthy making cameos. This is the house of the heartless, the home of the cold. Man, my dog is more acknowledgement than homeless folks. This is the house of generations. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well and are warm and safe wherever you are. Here in Chicago, we're surrounded by many feet of snow, um, and our hearts are going out to folks in Texas. Um, Also, apparently, sound quality is very important for podcast, so I've re-upped my game, and I am back and sounding and feeling very professional. Uh, Monica, how are you holding up? How are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, it's so good to see you too, Paige. I'm I'm holding up. I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, holed up in my apartment and um, just watching all of the snow and icicles melting, and it's just a winter wonderland out there, but also just like too much, and it needs to like read the room and stop <laughs> snowing. Um, it's awful. <laughs> yes. I have never been so excited to see 40 degrees in the 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 weather forecast I'm so stoked yeah there's one car on my block that hasn't shoveled out and ever this whole time and it's just you can barely see the car it's just there's like a little bit of red that peeks through what is what have you been reading what have you been thinking about it's been so long since we've talked and nerded out over books together I know it's kind of funny that we have this podcast on books and how they help people grow in their politics and we never get to talk about these books amongst ourselves that we're uh, currently reading that are giving us hope and space for critical thinking in our movement work. Um, So currently I am finishing up reading Care Work by Leah Lakshmi Piepsna Samarasina, who is a queer, disabled femme writer and organizer. uh, and, And the book is all about the disability justice work that they've been part of, that they've helped to lead, and just really striking interventions into ableist organizing culture. And the book is just so full of gems, Paige. I cannot tell you how critical and how much thought was put into this book. Uh, Leah wrote this book from bed, and that's just one fact I love about it, because working from bed is so legit. Speaking as someone who uh, has a lot of body pain a lot of the time, um, and and then it just really goes into detail on disability justice organizing history, the importance of slowness, messiness, and uh, long-term sustainability work as praxis for not leaving anyone behind, especially sick and disabled, queer and trans people of color, uh, and and just also exploring how hard the work is, like how hard it is, especially with people that we are organizing with, with, with shared identities and experiences, um, because this book is really by and for the, the sick and disabled people of color community. Um, and there's this quote she said in this book that is sticking with me, and I want to share it. Um, they said, and it turned out that like every time I've come together with people I've shared an identity with, there was bliss and also heartbreak when we assumed that the bliss would be easy forever. And that quote is just like really making me think about 
so much about a lot of the work I'm doing and what it means to be in struggle together as people with shared identities. Um, so that's one thing I'm thinking about. And, and lastly, the book is really making me think about what can mutual aid work that we were all doing this past year, you know, what can that work learn from the disability justice movement, as in, I hope all of this resource distribution work doesn't stop when the pandemic is over, because this is work that should be built into our movement work, like by default. So I'm just feeling a lot of affirmation in this text. And a lot of things are coming up for me around the ways that I operate as an organizer. So yeah, but what about you, Paige? What are you what are you reading that's giving you life right now? Mm, I mean, that quote is like, yeah, that's so good. I'm thinking it's making me think of other books. That I, yes, I've been reading a bunch of things at once, and I don't, I'm not gonna talk about all of them. Um, but I will give a quick shout out to Undrowned by Alexis Pauline Gums. Um, it, talking about these dolphins that tend to uh, click up and have the similar scars and how we can find sort of a metaphor in that about the ways that we like come together around. Uh, similar harms that we maybe have experienced and like similar wounds and what that means in terms of, yeah, how we like make bliss and how we struggle together. And yeah, uh, shout out to that book. But I've been, I want to uh, really take a second to just shout out this book, Braiding Sweetgrass, which is by an indigenous author and botanist named Robin Wall Kimmerer, uh, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And it is, oh goodness, it, so this, the subtext of it or the subtitle is Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. And I just, it is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. I've, I normally, when I find a book I love this much, you know, I just want to read it until it's done as fast as I can. And I've really appreciated it. I'm actually reading this book with a small group of friends as like a book club or discussion group. And that's been really wonderful to kind of slow it down and really process it because it, it forces these questions about what does it mean to belong to place and uh, and especially to belong to place that is colonized. There's a lot of really beautiful explanations and stories about plants and how and how ecosystems work and how humans are a part of that ecosystem that point to all these lessons about how mm. it's not this binary of like nature versus human, but the ways that actually like through paying attention to and being in an intentional relationship to the world around us, we can actually learn about, learn a lot about what it means to be a better human. There, there's also just like cute things, like she talks about how beans have belly buttons and I just, that imagery <laughs> always makes me giggle. And yeah, it's it, it makes you, if you do not garden, it will make you want to garden if you, uh, or just go outside and go on long walks, especially. I mean, and it makes you appreciate things like several feet of snow, I guess, as well. One of the folks we're trying to get on for this next season is, I'm hoping we'll talk about this book because they actually introduced me to it. It. So, you know, fingers crossed we can spend a whole hour talking about how great this book is. And also, I did a perfect segue. Yay. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so hyped for season four. Yay. So actually, this is uh, for y'all that are listening. This is a special episode that's sort of like a season finale slash in between episode for us to talk about the highlights of season three and kind of process and debrief that together and then also keep you all updated on what's in the works for season four and what you all can be expecting that's right yes Paige you're so good at segues Thanks. I love it um we are yes super determined to just like keep this podcast going in ways that are you know 
you know, relatable for listeners and, and sustainable for us. Um, we've, I recently was like crunching these numbers for this uh, community survey that we um, are, have created that we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but I was doing some research and crunching numbers and we've had over 133,000 listens from over 50 countries. And yes. that just blew my mind. Um, and yeah, and it blew my it blew my mind and 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 we have just gotten so much you know consistent feedback from friends and from people we don't know and from fellow organizers and teachers and professors that this podcast is a resource and so we definitely want to like keep working on this podcast and in you know just even the last season that we had we had eight episodes that as of this morning have had over 12,000 listens so and, and today's February 20th is when we're recording and that that to me is just like okay we have to keep reading and we have to keep making this podcast um and you know in this last season we had our first books that talked and explored uh environmental and land justice um and a lot of good conversations on just like the foundations of organizing and so like i don't know when i when i when i look back and and reflect on these conversations that we've had i'm really thinking about how folks have been able to also like reflect on the texts that have moved them at a point in their lives when they really needed it. Um, but but like how much they've also grown in their politics since reading that book. And so that was, yeah, just appreciating how folks understand how to differentiate between, you know, tangible, concrete takeaways from an older book. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the episode with Myra Kajwa on rules for radicals. Um, and we, you know, we were, we were going in on that book, but we were also really, <laughs> we were also taking out some gems that, you know, re really resonated with the work that we're doing um, on the ground. And, and Myra really went into the work around mutual aid and, and resource redistribution um, that they've been doing on the South Side. It's in alignment with the values of the lit review is that we're all learning here and we're all trying to just get on the same page so that we can achieve liberation right and so it's like how can we uh, uh, how can we appreciate the texts that have served us at some points in times and in moments um, and how can we sort of make room for um, for new thought and new developed building upon that work so yeah I really appreciated that um, but what about you what are you what are you thinking about for this this last season yeah I mean it I loved this season. I mean, I mean, we've I've loved all of the seasons and in, in their varying lengths. Um, but I, I thought it was so interesting the ways that these eight folks sort of spoke to, uh, to each other in the the different things that they were talking about and like the connections that you can make between them and. And I think, I mean, a couple of things come up for me. Before we sat down to have this conversation, I was re-listening actually to Christian Snow's episode on groundwork. And because I was looking for a specific quote, but as I was listening for that quote, she talks about history and the importance and significance of how we tell history that, and the, the, as she was speaking through that, it, it, it really it, it helped me a lot in thinking about. I mean, the moment that that we ha are all in right now, and everything that's happening, everything that's happened in the last you know year or so, how will like the importance of thinking about how this history will be told, and making sure that it is 
um, what, what, I'm trying to remember exactly how she worded it, that we don't let our desire to tell the story as like a triumph in a, in a way that erases the nitty gritty groundwork of who's doing what and why the process and how so much of this work and struggle is failing in, in, in the way that other people who are not a part of it might look and say, oh, this failed. When we try to tell stories that are just about stories of triumph, that's usually with good intentions of trying to inspire and encourage people, but also to relax them um, and that that's not what we need. And, and so that really stuck out to me. And then just all the ways that, I mean, every single guest is an organizer and thinks about how do we win, right? And I thought there were a lot of really powerful stories and histories of of triumph but also of failing that we have to mm. learn from and so much about how do we win requiring an emphasis on local organizing and showing up for folks and responding to the needs of of what is happening as local people uh, in coordinate, you know, in national movement. But um, again, in Christian's episode, how she talks about what it means, what local people means. Uh, I, I am thinking about that a lot. As someone who organizes, does place-based organizing in a place I'm not from. And it inspired me to pick up more books on how to organize, right? The how-to sort of manuals of it all. Um, yeah. Also just shout out to Hammer and Home. So yeah, those are some things I'm thinking about. It really brings up for me when you were talking about the just like the messiness or like how to how do you not t story tell in a way that makes it feel like, oh, you know, it was it was great. We we did this. We followed this leadership and then we achieved our goal. And it's like, no, it was way messier than that. And I think that the messiness is what is missing in a lot of our narratives and a lot of our storytelling, especially when thinking back on, you know, historical movements. And it's making me return back to what I'm reading now in care work um, where, where where Leah is talking about what does just disability justice look like in our movements like how do you do it right and they kind of like talk about how they laughed about like at that question of like how do you do it because they know like you really want to know how you do it you really want to know what it looks like it looks like people showing up late it looks like people having panic attacks it looks like um you know the ramps broken on this supposedly accessible building it looks it, it looks like all of the things that social justice minded able-bodied people um would be like what like this is horrible right but really it's just it's it's how we how we've been taught to think of what is failure who is being left behind when we have these certain expectations of like perfection and constant productivity and constant movement right and, and without thinking about how our bodies and our minds are complex and move in different paces and move in different ways and so I yeah it's just making me think about all of those things and how much more work we have to do um, to show up for each other as as we continue to shape what our futures look like that's what I'm thinking of I know we want to talk about what was missing in the, that season right so so something that folks may have noticed is that there was no cis men on our podcast. And this was not an accident. <laughs> it, it, 
it isn't a hard rule for moving forward, um, but we definitely are always down and giving the mic to women, femmes, uh, uh, gender nonconforming, trans and non-binary people that are really carrying the bulk of, bulk of the work um, and, and leadership right now in our movements. Something else that I am thinking about is I, I'm really missing just more conversation from younger folks, um, from elders, folks that are just like a little bit farther from our similar peer age groups, right? I'm constantly thinking about like who are my, my elder mentors, but I also need to remember who are the younger people that are like mentoring me? You know, who am I learning from and how am I staying grounded in what young people are, are doing and saying and, and I have to listen more. Yeah. Agree on all of that. You know, I loved and was very excited by how much we were talking about colonization and land in a lot of the the interviews that we had this last year. But it, it felt very off that we didn't have anyone who was is indigenous in as a part of those conversations. And I think that was definitely something that I felt and and noticed as as a as an important absence to try to address. Um, also, yeah, I think all the things you're speaking to, and, and it was hard. We did invite young folks. We had a, f a couple of folks that had agreed. That's what's tricky, though, is like, I mean, especially last year, they were very busy <laughs> and going through a lot. And that is something that we, we don't usually have cis men on. They're definitely not like the vast majority. But uh, I, I think there is a re reality of the fact that a lot of the work is carried by women, femmes, non-binary folks, and that also means that they're often very busy and don't always have the time or energy to do hour-long conversations about the books that have influenced them. Um, and that's a challenge to, to balance those things. So I agree. All those things that you lifted up are things that we're aware of and want to uh, to improve and grow on in, in future episodes. And so we, I guess we can kind of start talking about that. We've actually got a little bit of a wish list of folks that we've started reaching out to, inviting them to for, to come on and talk with us for season four we'll be at. And we are thinking now instead of – so in the past, if folks don't know, we have done this kind of by like the seat of our pants where we just invite a bunch of people, get the interviews on the calendar, and then are like interviewing people, and then within the week – doing all the editing and then getting it online and doing the social media and all that. And it's a lot to do all that at once every week for even eight weeks. We were like, oh my gosh, how has it only been six episodes and there's two more? It's a lot of work each week, even with the help that we have who are, you know, B and Laurel are amazing. So we're thinking this time we're actually going to record all the interviews this spring and we're hoping to interview 10 to 12 people and then we'll start editing them and releasing them in the summer. And so there will be, you all have, you know, I think this is episode 57. So if you haven't listened to past episodes, please go dig into the archive. There's a lot of wonderful gems. And then we'll have a whole new set that we're going to be releasing over the summer. And we haven't actually decided or figured out yet. We're looking for more feedback from y'all about how we release them, when we release them. The Netflix style of all at once versus is it useful every week, once a month. At this point, it's sort of up to y'all. That's something that affects you all more than it does us. And so that's the plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so what Paige is talking about is that community survey you've seen linked on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook. And we're, re yeah, we're just really hoping that folks that listen can help us in determining how we move forward with the podcast. And so the survey just asks some simple questions around, um, you know, how, how often to release, um, what books should we talk about, who should be on, what should we change, um, what do you hope stays the same? Um, so just questions like that. And, you know, if you have a few minutes, 
test um, to fill it out. It's online. Um, the link is all over our social media again. Um, and thank you to folks who already filled it out. Um, you know, we, we hear you and, you know, definitely, again, you know, uh, emphasizing the importance of transcriptions for all the episodes and to feature more uh, disability justice books and organizers. Um, but, yeah, I think Paige is more deep into the community survey. So, Paige, what are you what are you seeing so far in there? Yeah. Well, my favorite thing is that the people want longer episodes, Monica. What? <laughs> longer? JK. <laughs> so there were only two people that said this, oh, okay. and one person also said they wanted it shorter. But That's this is, hilarious. if you agree that, you know, four-hour interviews are fantastic and should happen, you have a chance to say that and uh, join my side, which is for, to, to Monica's dismay sometimes, I'm often pushing for longer and longer and longer conversations that are just an, an editing headache. And uh, But yeah, things like that, if you want to share, uh, we've had a few folks comment on the length. And we do want to know, right, like is it – we aim for about 50 minutes usually – at, with editing and so if that's feeling good for folks we've been asking a lot about yeah uh, if it's okay how folks feel about the Chicago focus we have and overwhelmingly I think unanimously people are talking about how much they actually even though they're coming from all over the world and the country really like how much we talk about what's happening in Chicago and that it's it's serving as somewhat of an archive of, of the movements that are happening here um, the sound quality definitely has come up more than once so again apologies it, the microphone is back. I hear you. And uh, yeah, and uh, with that piece, though, this microphone and the other pieces, they, they do cost money. Um, and this is where we've said this on past episodes and we've we've mentioned our Patreon and wanted to just have a moment of like real talk. OK, I'm going to like not look at Zoom right now. I'm just going to imagine y'all's faces and try to have a real humble moment of just explaining. So this podcast, we love it. We've just spent 25 minutes talking about how much we loved having these conversations about books. We want to keep doing them, but we can't do them if we have to do all of the editing and buying of equipment out of our pockets and, and all of that stuff on our own. And so we really, really, really need help um, and want to pay the folks that are helping us out. And honest so we called it the lit review because we were when we first started we would always have like a bottle of wine and, and I've always had this beautiful vision of one day we're gonna have an episode at a bar and we'll like record or we'll have it at, we'll do it a few times and it'll be like come with us and we'll all have a drink together and there'll be pictures floating around like yeah I'll have some old duels it'll be great and unfortunately COVID had other plans and that's not happening and so we're asking if y'all could throw us a drink or the cost of a drink that would be amazing in the meantime. And one day we'll have this amazing event and we'll all have a drink together. But for now, we have this thing called Patreon. We also have PayPal that folks can throw funds to to us through the patreon it's set up so it's like a monthly thing you can set it for a dollar right so like some some fancy bougie craft beer one dollar over the course of a year it's twelve dollar drink that's ridiculous but i know people pay that i'm a dive bar person anyways this is getting long and i'm missing bars and crying about that now uh but if you want to help us keep this thing going for real, for real, we need our Patreon to grow. Um, we appreciate everyone that has already thrown down and is a part of that our Patreon community, but we do need more people. And so if you want to help. Also, if you're still listening to this, that's amazing. And it means you probably love our podcasts and would yes. love to have a drink with us. Okay, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm echoing everything you're saying, Paige. I, I want 
to keep doing this podcast. And I know people want us to keep doing this podcast. And also, we know that money is super tight right now. And if you can't swing it, don't don't feel bad. You're amazing. And we appreciate you just listening and like even just like sharing it on social media. Also know that on the Patreon with with the with the monthly contributions, you're allowed to like edit it. So if like you're really tight on money and you want and you're doing $10 a month and you want to bring it down to one for a couple of months, that's totally fine, too. So, yes. So thank you for listening. We love you. Tell a friend. Fill out that survey. Become a patron. Thank you for supporting us. And I also want to shout out some of our longtime patrons, like folks that have been our patrons for a long time now. Um, we got Aaron Glasgow, uh, Joy Messenger, Austin Frizzle, Stephanie Bader, C. Grimble, uh, Frank Berg, just to name a few. Uh, thank you all so much. Um, we'll try to do better also about giving more shout outs to, to more longtime supporters in, in future episodes. And also shout out to some really brand new patrons. Um, we got Megan Wells, we got Molly Costello, Jazz B, Taylor Nazon, and Brian Lampert. So thanks so much for uh, joining us. Before we go, I really want to uplift some local organizing that's going on. And I know Paige does as well. Um, I personally really want to shout out the folks on the south side who are organizing to stop General Iron from coming to the southeast side. The southeast side is my born and raised um, family has been there for decades upon decades. There are folks right now who are demanding that Lori Lightfoot deny this permit for General Iron um, who are trying to move their toxic facilities away from the north side uh, Lincoln Park area, which is a very affluent neighborhood, uh, very white, and they don't want the the, the toxic uh, metal shredder there. They don't want that stuff there too. So they they've already kicked it out, and now it's trying to find a place to go. And they're like, oh, let's put it on uh, in the southeast side, on the same land where the Republic still used to be. The air is already horrible on the southeast side. It is horrible. Um, the 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 wind will push so much of that pollution towards an elementary school and a high school, George Washington, um, which I, I went to for a year because um, it was near my home at the time. There are folks who are hunger striking right now. Some folks have not eaten for 17 days as of today. Some folks are joining in to start or um, right now or are doing one day uh, hunger strikes in solidarity with folks. I know Rosana Rodriguez, who is an uh, alderman, has uh joined for a day in solidarity as some other aldermen have as well. I know that Lightfoot has not met the demands yet, but has reached out to like federal regulators for guidance because clearly she doesn't believe the people who are being directly impacted by this. So just wanted that to be on folks radar. There are hashtags to follow on Twitter. You can follow hashtag stop general iron, hashtag shy hunger strike, uh, amplify their work online. Shout out to these hunger strikers who are really doing the work right now in 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 fighting for justice for lots of black and brown people that currently live there right now that are really struggling with some serious environmental racism right now i can feel myself getting heated i'm gonna stop i'm gonna pass it to you Paige. i i my blood pressure and anxiety this week like really reached new highs um it it was a week of Lori Lightfoot reaching new depths of awfulness, like beyond any. I mean, we've mentioned this before. Monica and I were both a part of a campaign before she got elected, trying to raise the alarm that this person was going to be awful. But she is so much worse than I had anticipated. If to be very honest, like she's really, really awful. And uh, and I'm sh I I keep seeing her getting praised in all of these 
you know, uh, other cities, main, you know, news and things like that. It's just like, if y'all are not in Chicago, please know Lori Lightfoot is terrible. Um, there was a lot that happened this week that was dragging and, and exposing how awful Lori is. First, there was the Office of the Inspector General or the OIG office released a report outlining or just really blasting how terribly and violently CPD handled protests this year and really exposing that it was a police riot and and really highlighted Lori's role in that, the ways that she participated in, in, in making it so much worse and horrible for folks. And I, I'm still kind of going through it and looking at some of the summaries that are taking place, but um, yeah, I mean, just the uh, there's a lot of of testimonies from folks and stories about how police were um, threatening folks with rape and things like that as all of this stuff was going down. Talking about how if there was any doubt that it was Lori Lightfoot's call to draw the bridge and how that made no sense and and led to more folks getting hurt. Um, and yeah, so I, I think it's, at the, it's something that I'm going to be looking at a lot more closely because before this came out, I think a day before, um, there was another report that came out that I'm still in shock from, and we, we knew we had warning that it was going to be bad, but basically Chicago got a grant, a federal grant called CARES that was supposed to be money for COVID to help with the pandemic. And it was $403 million of federal funds that was supposed to be to help people and our city deal with COVID. Lori fucking Lightfoot, she had passed. I'm so mad. I'm not like, okay, this is podcast, focus. She got this law passed that made it so that she was able to make decisions without city councils, the full city council vote. And people were warning, like, this is not going to be good. This should not happen. But, but it means that what happened with this money is this was directly her responsibility and her call. She made it that way. And she used, of that $403 million, she directed $280 million of that to the Chicago Police Department. That's 65% of the funds went to Chicago police payroll. Outrageous. And then you think about all the things that they were doing, right, out here doing, and that meanwhile people are dying, right? Folks don't have masks. Folks, folks can't afford rent or their mortgage payments. And just for some, some comparison, CPD got $280 million. The Office for People with Disabilities got $2,000. The Department of Family and Support Services got less than $200,000. The Office of Emergency Management got $8 million. The next largest department was the Department of Public Health. They got just over $18 million. From a COVID grant, the Department Department of Public Health only got 18 million of the 403. So anyways, big mad. Fuck Lori. Cannot wait to vote her out. There are people that have been organizing 24-7 jail support here in Chicago at Cook County Jail every freaking day. And y'all, it is so cold here. There, we, It would not stop snowing day after day after day. And they were out there uh, meeting people as they were getting released, making sure that they had a way to get home, providing what support that they were able to. And uh, I, I think there's a formation of folks that are holding this down. But I, the one, one organization that I know for sure is a part of this is the Chicago Local of Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Um, I know you can find them on Twitter and there's ways that you can see ways to to throw them some cash. And so if you want to uh, help that effort and help get money into folks that are being released right now um, into freezing temperatures, that's a great organization to support. I love I love our Lori Lightfoot rants. <laughs> we, we always got to get in that Lori Lightfoot uh, rant. That's, you know, we told y'all. We told y'all. I, I recently posted on on uh, For the People Artist Collective's Instagram the Queers Against Lightfoot 
graphic that Yannette Martin created and added a defund CPD hashtag to it. I was going to try to get some shirts made this summer, but you know, this summer was just wild. But we, so we reposted that when we found that the, the news out about the 280 million towards CPD. Um, and, and we were basically just like, we fought against her because we saw how she was before these elections. We saw how she ignored the family of Rakia Boyd. We saw all of it. But anyway, so people were sharing the graphic and were saying, I voted for her and I regret it so much. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's affirming. That's affirming. Okay. We got, we got okay. it. We got it next time. Next time these, uh, what is it? Yep. 2023? We got it. I think so. We got yeah. it. Yes. Black queer woman does not equal a black queer feminist politic, y'all. Like, that's values and politics matter. Next time that we're, you know, y'all will be hearing from us will be at some point this summer. But in the meantime, you know, you can uh, listen to past episodes. You can please, please, please fill out the survey. It's on all of our social media right now. Become a patron if you can or help spread the word about what we're trying to do over here with our podcast. And keep Keep reading. (laughs) Keep reading. Keep reading, y'all. We almost did it. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Lit Review, a podcast where we interview people we love and respect about books to help grow our movement. We are your co-hosts, Monica Trinidad and Paige May, two Chicago-based abolitionist organizers. Want to learn about a specific book? Email us your suggestions at thelitreviewchicago at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. And if you like this episode, give it a shout out on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle is at litreviewshy. Financial support for the production of this podcast is thanks to our amazing Patreon subscribers. Learn more about becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thelitreview.